Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1 with All Care Pharmacy. Discover a healthcare team that's always here for you at All Care Pharmacy, Ireland's largest community pharmacy network. Now though the Irish Examiner is reporting this morning, the government ministers are already discussing the possibility of an early election this year. The options might include this November. The government looks to gain following October's expected giveaway budget. Now an election doesn't legally have to happen until March of 20. 2025. The Taoiseach has previously ruled out an election this year, but this all comes as the fallout from the lifting of the eviction ban continues. To discuss this, I'm joined on the line by Elaine Lachlan, who's Deputy Political Editor with The Examiner, and Dr Sarah Hamill, Assistant Professor at the School of Law in Trinity College. Good morning to you both, Elaine. I'm going to come to you first. These reports that some government sources are suggesting an election may take place later this year, leading on the front page of your newspaper this morning. Tell us a little bit more. Yes, Claire, and I suppose once you get into the second half of any government, uh, the time does start to begin to tick tick down and people do focus on going back to the polls. And we are into the second half of this coalition government now uh, with Taoiseach Lee of Raghur in place after the rotation in December. So Perhaps people are getting a bit anxious, getting a bit giddy. We had have where we have had had many dates put out there uh, previously, uh, even October 2024. As you said before, the latest this coalition government can run is up to March 2025. So it does have a significant time left um, to govern if it decides to go the full full whole hog, I suppose. But um, definitely some ministers are now talking about a possibility of a November election after a budget and there will be significant funds for another cost of living package or a giveaway budget um, this October. So is that the whole rationale behind this, that we go when the going is good? It does appear that way and governments would be hopeful, have been previously hopeful with giveaway budgets that they get a bounce in the poll immediately afterwards. People are happy with the extra bit of money uh, in their pockets with perhaps tax breaks or changes to even the income tax thresholds. Those type of measures are popular amongst voters and you would imagine that that is the the most beneficial time to go to the polls for any government. Now, officially, that's not happening. It's been denied at at, um, government press secretary level, I know, Elaine. But what have you been hearing about what's happening at grassroots level on that front? Yes, certainly there are uh, election selection conventions that are going to ramp up in the the coming weeks and months ahead to get candidates in place. We do know that a lot of work is underway for the local elections, um, but perhaps that could be ramped up further to allow for a general election. And even as my colleague Daniel McConnell was reporting in today's Examiner, the, the money looks good. The accounts of both Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael are in a healthy surplus at the moment. Um, the latest accounts we have is for 2021 when Fine Gael had a surplus of 1.3 million, Fianna Fáil 1.1 million and you would imagine that amount uh, in those accounts has grown in the past year. So it really puts them on a good footing for an election uh, when it comes to the finances and funding elections because as we know, Claire, elections are expensive um, to get involved in. Yeah, but Sinn Féin are polling consistently well across all polls uh, for the last, well, since the last general election, to be fair. It just seems strange that the is the bet now that Sinn Féin could actually outperform the polls? Well, you never know. And, and as 
politicians will say the only poll is that on election day and they will say that they don't take much interest in polls in between elections. Um, but we do know, obviously, that all political parties will be looking at the polls. And perhaps from Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael's side of things, there may be a thought that the longer they leave an election, the more time Sinn Féin have to gain ground on them. And especially after a local election, if they do very well in those local elections, as Mary Lou Macdonald's party will be expecting and hoping, because if you remember back, actually, Claire, to 2019, the party lost an incredible amount of seats in the local elections. Mm -hmm. So they have a good bit of ground to make up and then gain seats in the locals, what they're hoping ahead of a national poll. There was some speculation over the weekend that the decision to lift the eviction ban was taken now in order to create distance between that and the fallout, uh, inevitable some feel, that will come from that, allow some distance between that decision and the next general election. Now, this notion that there might be an election this year doesn't really fit with that narrative, does it? It doesn't. But at the same time, I think the government are in a bind when it comes to housing, because no matter when an election is called, housing will be up there amongst the key issues that are raised on the doorsteps. It has been in the past two elections. And I imagine no matter when the the next general election is called, whether it's November of this year, next year or even out to March 2025, people will still be talking about housing. We know that the even commencements will be down this year for houses and that perhaps the government targets for housing outputs will not be met this year. Um, and then, of course, we do have the rental crisis and this eviction ban has really uh, brought a lot of heat onto the government and will continue to do so after they come back from next week's or this week's uh, break as they go off across the world for St. Patrick's Day. All right, Elaine, thank you very much. And I want to turn on that, on the eviction ban and the potential fallout to Assistant Professor at the School of Law in Trinity College, Dr. Sarah Hamill, who's on the line as well. And you're very welcome, Sarah. So the government announced some additional measures last week to address what's likely to happen come the end of March. But there was fairly uh, scarce detail in that. And you think there could be trouble ahead. In what area? Well, it's it's about the right of first refusal that the government announced they are going to be giving to tenants when the landlord is selling. We don't have a whole lot of detail about how that right is going to work. And the only additional bit of information that we have at the moment is that it will be on an independent valuation basis. So explain to us why you think there could be a, a legal problem coming down the tracks on that front. Well, I mean, obviously, there's going to be a lot of attention given to whether or not this is constitutional. My own opinion is that it would be constitutional. Obviously, the exact details will provide more information there. So it's a little bit hard to be 100 percent certain. But I think the bigger issue is going to be whether this proposed right is practical or workable. OK, so explain to me why you think that might be a problem. Well, I mean, so for one thing, it's going to add additional time to the process of selling a property in Ireland, which is already lengthy. But the bigger and more immediate problem is that announcing this right of first refusal without giving any detail and lifting the eviction ban is likely going to encourage more landlords to sell because one of the grounds of no-fault eviction is that the landlord intends to sell the property. And so I do think this might encourage more landlords to sell to try and get out 
in advance of this new right of first refusal coming into force. So let's look at the right of first refusal and how it might work, because you would imagine in order for it to to work logically that the tenant would have to match the highest bid for the property when it goes on the market. Well, actually, I I don't think that's how it's going to work based on what the the government has announced. I think they've announced something similar to what we see in compulsory purchase in that there is an independent valuation. And so if the tenant can meet that price, then they would be able to go ahead with the purchase if they want to. I mean, we're assuming that they will want to, they may not. Um, And then if they don't, it will go out on the market. And I think there we might see the potential for tenants to be aggrieved if it doesn't meet the price that they were offered it at. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, obviously, this this is all to be determined in the exact details. You can also see the owner of that property being aggrieved if they're being forced, as they might see it, to accept the price as per the valuation without testing the market. Yeah, and I and I do think under this scheme, we will see both tenants and landlords complaining about how it works. I mean, I think tenants will say it doesn't go far enough. Landlords will say it goes too far. And I will say that actually already under the Residential Tenancies Act, there are limits on certain landlords in accessing this ground of eviction. And it's it's typically targeted at large-scale landlords who are selling 10 or more properties in the same development. They cannot use the fact that they are selling as a ground of eviction, but there are two exceptions to that itself. So this is something that, that sort of already exists, but not, but in a slightly different form. The, the tenants in that circumstance don't have the option to buy, but the landlord cannot access the, um, the, the ground of selling to evict them. All right, we leave it there for now. Dr. Sarah Hamill, thank you for joining us on the programme. Now, if you were in Hollywood this morning, we're not, but we can imagine, you'd probably be perhaps leaving the Vanity Fair party and going on to another one. We'll be talking to somebody who I hope is doing just that after the break. Text 51551. Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1.